bona re motsaletswe more re moneilwe me ipuso e tlana mo lekgetleng la gagwe me o tla bidiwa mogakoludi yo gakamatsang modimo o o thata rara yo sa khutleng khosi ya kagiso Daarvoor zal die onverdeelde trouw van die hele die onmachtige zorg. Car een enfant is né, een fils is né, en la domination reposera sur son épaule. On l'appellera admirable conseiller Dieu puissant. Père éternel, Prince de la Paix.
Give them a round of applause. Well done, kids. <laughs> Wonderful. What a great uh, thing just to have our kids involved and to hear the scriptures read in all those languages. Wasn't that amazing, hey? Wonderful. Uh, I want to add my uh, greeting. Uh, oh, I've still got this thing on. Wonderful to be together, those that made it into the room and those who are at home, uh, we send our greeting and our love to them as well. Why don't you, uh, uh, there's not very many people who can get onto the camera, how's it to all those online and uh, we pray that God would bless each family. We know we are really in crazy times, aren't we? Um, hearing of COVID cases all around us, different families having to deal with suddenly uh, adjusted expectations. Uh, these have been really tough times. And uh, just before I launch into my sermon, uh, I do just want to reflect on the fact that we are a family, and they don't want this to happen, but uh, John Rick and Charlotte, won't you guys just quickly stand up? Uh, John Rick and Charlotte, uh, the reason why they're standing up is because today is their last day uh, in Rec Road Church, and uh, they have been placed to Mpumalanga, huh? Or is it Limpopo? Nelspreit. I don't know where Nelspreit is at this point in time. Uh, and uh, praise God that there have been answers to prayer, even that they are posted to the same place. Although it's sad for us, there's the story of God even in them being placed as doctors 40 k's away or something like that. But today is their last Sunday with us. And I just want to say in front of your whole family, you guys, if I could just photocopy you guys, I'd be a happy guy, because uh, the very first Sunday I ever met them, they said, we are not here half-heartedly, we believe in community, can we be in a community group? And I said, yeah, you can lead one, and, uh, <laughs> and they did, they took me up on that, and uh, I just want to say, you've been an outstanding blessing to this church. I know the community group that has formed around you uh, can really testify to that, but in every, in every way, you guys have just been remarkable. So won't you just stretch out your hands, and I want to pray just a blessing on them as they go and carry on with their medical careers. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your word says that you actually decide where we live, not the Department of Health, and, uh, and not even ourselves. And so, Lord, we trust you for Don Rick and Charlotte. We thank you for them, for their lives, for their heart, for the way they've loved you, loved your church, how they've just got so stuck in. And as a result, Lord, you've blessed them and so many others. And we pray, Lord, as they go, bless them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. So, kids, I know that normally you're not with us here uh, uh, in, in the hall, and you don't have to listen to me preach often. Uh, and so I thought I'd give you an activity. Can we just have the activity uh, handed out uh, Luke, can you put it on the screen just so that the adults can see what the, what the kids are going to be doing as well? Let's just do this quickly. There's an activity called Listen Up, and uh, the plan is that as you follow my sermon, there are going to be key words represented by each of those icons, kids, and on the back of your piece of paper, some stickers. You could stick them on your forehead, but that won't earn you a prize, okay? If I get to the end of my message and you have found all the key words that I mentioned, like when I say Christmas tree, 
you can take one of your stickers and put it on the Christmas tree. And then you've got to listen for what's the next thing that you've got to listen for. Okay, it's not a trick question. You've got to listen for dog, okay? And then when you hear the word dog, then you're going to put a sticker. And then the next thing is a pile of money. It's dollars. We couldn't find a pile of rands, okay? But uh, when you hear me talk about money, then you put a sticker on. Do you get the idea? And so you're going to follow the line and you get to the end. And the person that gets to the end, when I get to the end, will get a prize. Is that all right? Ready, steady, go. Parents, if you follow along, I might even give you a prize. Okay. So who has ever been in? I saw, did anyone see the guys who put the presents under the tree? I know we're all focused on the drummers, but there were some people carrying presents. Who was carrying a present? Just put up your hand. Litler, were you carrying a present? Litler was carrying, there were one or two other guys carrying a present. When, when there's a production of some sort, parts are handed out. And uh, have you ever been in this situation? They're handing out the parts for the drama or the production, and you got selected as the Christmas tree. And your job was to stand there and be prickly and itchy for an hour. Or you got to be the family dog that just stands in the corner, okay? In our household, when we weren't handing out family parts, but Luke always got, he assigned himself certain parts, and he was the black panther, or he was the alligator, and he used to just sit in the corner. You know, he didn't really have the big part. Or maybe that you got selected to be one of the, uh, one of the crowd in a crowd scene, and they didn't give you any lines. And you were at the back because you were tall, and they stuck you behind a pillar. Did you get the story? You didn't get any lines. You didn't get your solo moment in the lights. But you had to be at all the practices. You know where the story is. Well, never mind acting. Sometimes life can feel like that, can't it? It can feel like you're invisible to other people. It can feel like we're insignificant. And so people... Spend a lot of money. Kids, there's money. Can you see money? People spend a lot of money trying to be significant or to feel significant, don't we? People do that. And that is both exhausting. It's almost like trying to catch the wind. You know, you never really get there. Or trying to feel missed. You never really get there. But you know, every single person on the planet has a choice to make. And here's the choice. We can either play the star role. You see that guy's the star. But you see how small the story is. He's the star of the eeny-weeny teeny story of his own life. But he's the main O in the story. You can either choose to be the main story, the main star in the teeny-weeny story of your life. Or you can play a minor but a significant role in the big story of all of human history, the story of God and His people, salvation and redemption. That's the choice that every person on the planet has. You can either choose, if we can just go back to it, Luke, you can either choose to be the main O in your teeny story, and you really are the main O, or you get to play a significant role in the big story of all of human history. And every single one of us gets to choose but what is the big story that we get to choose to be part of? Well, I'm so glad you asked that, as Rob would normally say. You see, at Christmas time, 
we are reminded about a story, aren't we? It's almost like everywhere we go, there's a story that we're being reminded of in the malls and the shops. And actually, it's the big story. Did you hear shops? Guys, there was a shop there. Out there in the shops and the malls, even, we're being reminded of this story. And it's a story that's been confused by the media and society, but it's still there. You know, if you've gone to the mall, if you've been listening in the radio, you've been hearing carols, carols, kids, of the big story of Jesus. Let me read to you one of the carols that says, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. You know, there's people hearing that, and they don't know what it means but they're being reminded of the big story of all of human history. Peace on earth. What does that mean? Why wasn't there peace? God and sinners reconciled. That's the vision of our church. People have been hearing this, seeing this in the malls. It's actually the big story of all of human history, and actually it's in our everyday life at the moment. In a country like South Africa, I believe most people to some degree know the Christmas story, as they would call it, because it's repeated for us. If you've had kids, you've been to any number of Christmas renditions. But the Christmas story is the incredible account of God becoming man. Jesus Christ being born of a woman, God being born of a woman, God in flesh appearing, as one of the carols says, God in flesh appearing. It's the story of Jesus. That's the big story of all of human history, but it's not actually the whole story because I think we need to ask a question, and the question is why? Why is there even this story? Why did Jesus have to come, or why did Jesus choose to come to earth as a child, listen up kids, and be born in a manger? Why did Jesus choose to come and live and to die on a cross for you and for me? What, why does this story even exist, I think, is a really big question. And you know what the short answer is? I think you could answer it in different ways. You could answer it from a God perspective. But I think one of the answers to the question why is because of you and I. Why does this Christmas story even exist is because of you and I. You see, although Jesus is undeniably the main character of the big story of all of human history and the story of Christmas, the very reason that there is a Christmas story is because of you and I. Let me explain. You see, we're not the main characters in the story, but we are the reason why the main character did what he did and entered our humanity. You see, God didn't need to, Jesus didn't need to come to earth to be born as a baby, but rather he chose to come. And the question is, why did he choose to come? And the answer to that is because there was a problem. There was a problem with humanity that it's a problem that we could not fix and we cannot fix, we'll never be able to fix. The problem is this, we were made for a relationship with God. We read this at the beginning of our Bibles. We read of how Adam and Eve used to walk in the garden with God. God made us to have a relationship with Him. And Adam and Eve used to walk in the garden with God. But they messed up. They sinned. They disobeyed God, just like we do. We also mess up. We go our own way. And ever since then, ever since Adam and Eve, 
friends, we've been trying to write our own stories, and we've written God out of our stories, and we've put ourselves in our stories as the main character. Rather than us take our part in the big story of God and all of human history, we decide to leave that story and write our own story with us at the center, leaving God out. We, like Adam and Eve, choose to try and be the main character in the teeny-weeny story of our own life. Stories which make us the main character and either remove God entirely from the story or give God a cameo appearance twice a year or once a month or every now and then when we need Him. But for so many of us, the story of our lives is that we have actually done exactly what Adam and Eve have done. And we've walked our own way. You see, we've kind of walked away from God and we've become the star of our own little story. We've lost connection with our loving Creator. This is the problem of the world. This is the sad story why so much sadness and heartache is happening in the world around us. So much of it is because of this, because we've chosen to walk away from God. But the big story of the Bible and the true story of Christmas is that God in His incredible love has been writing a love story. It's a love story that is captured across all the pages of your Bible. It's a story about a rescue mission that God has been on. It's the story of God's incredible love for people like you and me. It's a rescue mission. It's the story about God's desire to be reconciled back to a right relationship with us. And brothers and sisters, friends, this is why Jesus came to this earth, to start this rescue mission by becoming a little child in Bethlehem. Jesus came to seek out lost people who'd gone their own way, who decided to write their own story. People like Adam and Eve, that's who Jesus came for. And so Jesus came, as we heard from Isaiah chapter 9, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the reason why that happened is so that Jesus could forgive anyone who puts their faith in Him. And then, if we've put our faith in Him, we can be reconciled back to a right relationship with Jesus and with God. We could, in a sense, join God in His big story again. And the Bible is actually an account of person after person after person who left their old story and joined God's story. I could tell you stories about Abraham and Joseph and Moses and Rahab and Ruth and David and Esther, and we could read about Paul and Peter, and, and I have done the same, and many people in this room have left their story and said, God, I want to join your story. God's desire is to include every single person on the planet back into His story that was messed up when Adam and Eve sinned. God wants to be reconciled to us. God wants us to enjoy a loving relationship with Him. And that is why there is a Christmas story. That is why Jesus came from heaven to earth. Because there was no other way for God to reconcile, to put back together what had been broken by us. The only way was for Jesus to come in human form. God as a human to live and to die and to rise again for your sin and for mine. You know, I was thinking about it. I don't know who's, who's gone to the movies lately. It feels like that's just something. I don't know if movies are going to make it through COVID. But, uh, but 
when I, when I think about it, I think of Star Wars might have been the last movie I've watched. And, and you almost heard like a year before Star Wars was going to come out, um, um, that, that it was going to come out. You know, they like tell you in January that in December the, the next episode is coming out. Or, or they tell you a month before or six months before. You know what I'm talking about? Coming to a theater near you. Well, if that's a really big movie, guys, have you found the movie on your, on your, on your paper? Okay. I've only got three prizes, so I mustn't go too hard on the, on the hints here. Well, if a movie is really big, it might, it might be foretold like a year in advance. Well, this is how big God's story is. Do you know how big His story is? Seven to eight hundred years before this story was going to be told. Seven to eight hundred years before Isaiah prophesied what we heard today. God was saying, I want to tell you, don't miss out. Coming to a world near you. Jesus Christ, born of a woman. What? Isaiah the prophet said these words. Nearly between seven to 800 years, they don't know exactly, before Jesus. This is, these are the words of Isaiah the prophet, which is actually the words of God. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair, this sense of lostness because of sin, it will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. And there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. God decided in some backwater town, even smaller than a Mamsum, Texas, God decided that in some backward town of Galilee in Nazareth, the history of the world would change forever, forever. The glory of God would appear at a certain time that God had decided, and darkness and despair would not go on forever. The terrible impact of sin of Adam and Eve was going to be halted by Jesus. It says in verse 2, the people who walk in darkness, the people writing their own stories, will see a great light. We'll see great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Friends, people who walk in darkness, a land of deep darkness is symbolic language of people who are living, writing their own stories, where they're the big character and God doesn't exist. It's people living without God. That's what the Bible's talking about. People who are living without God in their lives. Those people will see the light of God. That's what this says. You know, my story is exactly what it says in Isaiah 9 here. And in fact, anyone who's put their faith in Jesus Christ has the same story that we see in Isaiah 9 here. We didn't come looking for God. No, God showed himself to us. A light will shine. We, we didn't do anything about it. it. We didn't earn it. We didn't, we didn't make it happen. God did something in my life, and I saw Jesus for who he was. And that's the truth for every person who's believed in Jesus today. God reveals himself. We simply see what God has revealed. Let's look at verses 3 to 5, but we're going to focus specifically on verse 4. It says this in verse 4 of Isaiah 9. For you will break the yoke of their slavery. That's writing about you and me. And lift the heavy burden off their shoulders, you will break the oppressor's rod. 
You remember I told you that God's story was a love story? It's a story about rescue. Well, these verses, for me, speak of the rescue. Jesus came to earth, kids, to break the power of sin, Satan, and death. To, to break the yoke of their slavery, to lift the heavy burden of guilt and shame that we had, to set us free from that. That's what Jesus came to do, and that's what Isaiah is promising. And so Jesus came as a human child, born of God. This is the verse we've, we've heard over and over this morning. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. You know, the amazing thing is this ancient prophecy, this promise about Jesus is that the child Jesus, normally if a child's born, you'll say, Gareth and Nadine had a child, wouldn't you? A child was born to Gareth and Nadine. Well, it doesn't say a child will be born to its parents. It says a child will be born to us. A son was given to his parents. No, no, no. A son will be given to us. This ancient prophecy tells us that this child is actually not for his parents, but that Jesus is the child that's come for us all together. Jesus is God's grace gift given by God to all those people who believe in him. This is what it says in the New Testament, John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world, how he gave us his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Friend, earlier I said that every person on the planet has a choice to make. Do you remember that? Either you get to be the star in your little story, or you get to join God's story by believing in Jesus. Luke, why don't you put that up? That's the choice every person in this room, every person who's listening online, has to make. You get to either be the star of your own little story without God in it, or you get to believe in Jesus, which is what the whole story is about, and God adds you, He writes you into His big story. We've just read that the only way we can join God's story for our lives is to put our faith in Jesus, and then our story doesn't end in death. We are facing death. There's, death. there's death all around us at the moment, isn't there? There's tragedy. But if you put your faith in Jesus, your story doesn't end in death. That's not the last page. But rather, you get given eternal life, which is what John 3.16 says. Let's carry on reading about this child that has been given to us. This child is remarkable because these things are said about him. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, Jesus, the main character in the big story of God, is no ordinary child. His destiny is to rule the universe, which is what he's doing right now. I, I love the fact that it doesn't say, you know, I think this child's going to be great and he's going to be in government one day. Does it say that? What does it actually say? Does it say he'll be in government? It says, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Do you see that? The rule and authority of this king will be established by him dying on a cross and bearing your sin and my sin on his shoulders. And because he does that for you and because he rises again, 
he doesn't just sit in government, but he rules over all governments forever and ever and ever. Amen. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the only one who can lead you out of the mess that you make of your life at times. He is mighty God. He's our warrior king. He is God Himself, the Sovereign Lord, who wars on our behalf. He is everlasting Father. He's the benevolent protector of His people, and He is the Prince of Peace. He is the mediator between man and God, the propitiation for our sin. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. And verse 7, it's kind of moving to a crescendo. And His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for a period of time. No, for all eternity. And who's going to accomplish this? The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Brothers and sisters, there is the power and the determination of the Godhead to say this is the guarantee that this will happen. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Friends, Jesus' rule never ends. Amen? He's never up for re-election. Sorry, Donald, you lost. Jesus is the forever King of glory. And Isaiah promises this with such certainty. He's got such certainty because he knows it's the, it's the passionate commitment of God that will make this happen. This is God's kids' big story, and God will make this happen. This is the story of all of human history. And so on this Christmas Day, I want to ask you a question. Are you in yet? Are you in the pages of your own teeny-weeny story? You're a really important character there. That's a really important story, but it ends in death. Or have you joined God's big story? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you joined the love story, the rescue mission of God? Have you been given an, a part to play for the rest of eternity? Because that's how long Jesus reigns. That's the question. So what do you need to do if you say, well, how do I join the story? give you these three things to do. You believe. You believe what the Bible says about Jesus. You believe who He is, and you believe what He's come to do for you. Secondly, you repent. That means to say, God, I'm sorry. I've not been living with you at the center of my life. Will you please forgive me? And you make a change. So you believe, and you repent, and thirdly, you receive. You receive the forgiveness of sin. Because Jesus came and lived and died and rose again on the cross for you and for me. That if you ask Jesus, He forgives you. So you must receive that. You might be receiving presents today. If you haven't yet believed in Jesus, the biggest present you could ever get is the forgiveness of your sins and eternal life. There is nothing bigger than that. You ask Him to forgive you. And so you get joined into this big story of all of human history. And lastly, you then live the rest of your life for Him. Having done those things, you let Him write the story of your life. And you live your life, not for yourself, but for Him who came and lived and died for you. Now you live back for Him. So you give God the steering wheel of your life. And you live each day for Him and for His glory. And one day you'll look back and you'll say, 
I am so glad that I did. Amen. So I want to pray with you right now. I want to encourage you to close your eyes. Maybe the band could just come up. We're going to sing one more song. We're going to hand out our prizes to, to kids. But let's just close our eyes. If you're online, I just encourage you to close your eyes as well. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you came to be in the room today. I don't know whether you're just making your mom happy or you're making your friend happy. I don't know why you're watching online today. But what I do know is that the story of the whole world is also your story. So Lord Jesus, today we want to say thank you as we remember Christmas, as we've got lights and tinsel and stars. And Lord, we remember that actually this story tells us the big story of all of human history, the love story that you were not willing to live eternity without us. And so you came and you died in our place for us and you entered our humanity as a, as a little boy. You grew up, you lived the perfect life we could never live so that you could include us back into your story. And so, Lord Jesus, we just say thank you. And I pray, Lord, this morning for anyone who hasn't yet put their faith in you. I pray, God, today that you'd sow seeds of faith and that today, Lord, people would call on you as Savior and ask you. They would believe in you. They would repent and they would receive forgiveness. And then they would live the rest of their lives for your glory. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would like to chat about anything that I mentioned this morning, I know it's Christmas Day and you're probably thinking gammon and already, but nothing could be more important than that you come and chat with me or come and chat with someone up front. And we just maybe pray with you. So we're going to stand in just a moment and we're going to sing, Oh, come all ye faithful. But, but is there any child, now I'm really worried here, because is there any child who's finished their whole thing Okay, now how do I do this? Do we do an arm wrestle? Or I have three chocolates. Oh, man of little faith. Does any parent have a suggestion? I feel like I need to go see. I was thinking COVID. I really have a pickle for myself now, don't I? Mm. I'm actually stumped. Suggestions on a postcard. Hanali, stop laughing at me. Okay, what I want to do is, kids, can you give Auntie Hanali your names? And I promise that on the 3rd of January, when your parents bring you to church, this wasn't planned actually, you will get your prize. Can we do that? Huh? On the 3rd of January. Whew. What a rescue there, hey? But if you really need a chocolate, you can come and twist my rubber arm just now because I have three. Okay. Let's stand, let's sing, O come all ye faithful, as we remember Jesus our King. Really sorry kids, I messed that up. I didn't think all of you would follow all the way to the end.
Amen. That's how we respond to Jesus. We adore Him with all our lives. Amen. Wonderful. We, uh, I've worked out a solution to the prize problem. Every kid who comes on the 3rd of January will get a prize because your parents brought you to church. But those who read Scripture, I think, should get prizes, hey? And so each of the guys who read Scripture out, come and get half a chocolate, and uh, the guys in the kitchen will cut it in half with a knife. Let's just, uh, let's have all those who came in read Scripture. Find, find a friend, congratulations. Find a friend, share it with your friend. David, you can share it. And there we go, well done. Wonderful. Guys, uh, we've got mince pies for you. Sintimila, where are the mince pies? Are they through there? Huh? There's mince pies. Why don't you have some tea and coffee? Greet some people before you go off. Say goodbye to Donrick and Charlotte. Say hi to a friend. Uh, thank you for joining us online. And thank you for coming and being here in person. God bless you. We'll see you soon. <laughs>